0: Who in their right minds would drive hours for dick from a random guy? Um, us? (laughs) Three, two, one, zero, zero. They say the girls have more fun, but they never met the boys. This is boy talk. Boy talk. This is boy talk. What's up, bitches? We have our First virtual guest, the boy talk. I hope everyone's been having a great week and is excited to welcome my good friend, Casey. We went to undergrad together, but I'm going to let her explain more about how we became friends. So Casey, tell them.
1: Hi, I'm Casey. It's really nice to be here. I am 27. I am currently living in Cleveland, Ohio, and I am working full time as a graphic designer. So that's really great because all those years of college just kind of paid off. All the years where I spent like crying over late nights procrastination, they really just paid off in the end because now I have big girl money and I can buy myself pretty much whatever I want whenever i want so if you're in school just stick with it because it pays off me and cody actually met because i was dating his brother and we were kind of just acquaintances then and we were you know around each other occasionally but then it wasn't until i started school back at kent state that we really started hanging out And our friendship didn't actually blossom until after I broke up with his brother.
0: Yeah, it's kind of funny that we weren't close until you and my brother broke up. Like I had known you when you started dating him and like we had interacted at holidays and stuff. But like you were living in our hometown because we both grew up in the same area. But I was living at Kent State at that point. So I wasn't even around you that much or in the same vicinity. So after you guys broke up. While you had just started coming back to school, we really became close and it sucked in the sense of like, made things a little awkward at home for me, but I got a really great friend out of that relationship, so I'm super happy about it. With that being said, do you want to kind of tell them about our dynamic? Like, what's it like to be around Cody and Casey?
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's definitely an experience. Um, We are sister signs, which if you don't know what that means, it's like in astrology, the sign that is opposite to you. So I'm in Aries and that's just a handful. And Cody is a Libra and together we are just chaos. And we just had a lot of fun times at Kent. We went to the bar a lot. We literally just danced our asses off all night. And then we would just go to the gym and like pump each other up. We would like just go ham and be like, yeah, we're going to punch boys in the face because we're going to be so fit. (laughs) and then like on the way to the gym we would be screaming singing ariana grande because it was right around the time where thank you next came out and it was just really a great time to be alive
0: it was literally the best time to be alive like i'm telling you like we would go to the gym so we both had a planet fitness membership so it was like three or four in the morning like there were no cars out and there was no one at the gym so like i remember like dancing at the gym twerking at the gym like one of the custodian ladies loved me because she would see me twerking like near Casey and she would always laugh and be like you got this girl and I'm like you already know same thing with like our car rides like we literally would play thank you next and Blair like we were both going through the breakups like she had just dumped my brother and I had just dumped my one ex and we would just like scream sing thank you next and we're both like we're literally going to punch men in the face because we're strong and we have fat asses and they can't do anything to us. And it was just such a fun time being friends with Casey during undergrad. Like undergrad was hard. College is hard. Masters are hard too. I'm in my master's program now, but like undergrad was hard. We cried a lot. And literally growing up in Ohio was even harder. Like if you're not in the cornfields, of Ohio, there's not much else to do besides get in your car and drive around. Like we spent a lot of time in our car.
1: Yeah, and you know, we spent more time in our cars for other reasons than boredom. (laughs) Like, I literally lost my fucking virginity in a car. That sums up Ohio.
0: (laughs) I can't with you. Literally, the amount of car sex that you have, like, I had so many hookups in a car. It is out of hand. So because we're both desperate bitches for dick, we're going to tell you a lot about hookups and hookup culture. Alrighty, y'all. I hate begging, but I'm going to. I am a small creator. I am not signed. I am not making money yet from any of the content I'm doing besides for TikTok. Thanks, TikTok, for my creator check. But if you could please help me out with the podcast, I need you to like the podcast, download the podcast, leave me a review, leave a five-star rating. All that really helps. It was crazy last week. We were number 35 in the US. 35. Like, Michelle Obama was number one and we were 35. We were on the Canadian charts, on the UK charts, we were on Australian charts. Like, we are literally climbing the charts with this podcast, and it's all because of you all. So, thank you so much for all the support. I can't do this without you, so thank you. Alrighty, so getting into the content this week, we are going to be talking about hookup culture. If we're going to talk about hookup culture, though, we kind of need to break both of those terms down, right? Like, what are hookups, and how is it affecting our culture? So... Let's start with the basics of hookups. Hookups are an act of intimacy that's consensual, of course, because consent is not optional. It is important and it is necessary and you have to do it. So they are these acts of intimacy that you're going to have that you get consent to do with someone. It can be either a full-blown sex or it can simply just be things like foreplay. It could be as minuscule as kissing and maybe some fingering to blowjobs or all that kind of stuff. Or it could be literally like you get railed. Like pound town crazy, like sweat dripping, disgusting getting railed. Just depends on what you're into. Either way, it's a hookup if you're having some active intimacy. Also, hookups don't have to just be a one-time thing. I think a lot of us get confused when we think of hookups. We think that, oh, it only counts as a hookup if it's one person. No, a hookup can happen multiple times, right? This gets confusing when you think about a friends with benefit relationship. So a friend with benefit or an FWB is someone that you hang out with. They're your best buddy. You might go on coffee dates. You might see a movie, that kind of stuff. And you also have sex, but you don't put a title on it. It's like literally being in a relationship with somebody without the title. Hookups is when you don't have that emotional connection, right? So what that means is you are literally fucking someone just because they're hot. You don't care about what they do during their day job. You're not interested in their hobbies. You're not trying to hang out. They're not your buddy. They're not your bro. They're not your sis. They are quite literally just someone that you find physically attractive and you know you like to have sex with. So it can happen multiple times and still be a hookup. It's about not having that emotional... Connection and it's all about that physical lust for that person.
1: Yeah, I had this guy I had met him on tinder and he like traveled for work a lot So one time I was crazy enough because the dick was that good that I drove like two and a half hours Just for dick
0: <laughs> Literally, I think it's so crazy how physical lust can make us do shit like that like I literally in high school drove five and a half hours to Grand Rapids, Michigan from Ohio, which is five and a half hours to fuck a guy because he was hot. He was an athlete. And I was like, I'm going to do this. Like, I'm going to just get in my car and I'm going to drive. <laughs> For what? For why? Like, there are so many men in my hometown that have peepees. And here I am like being like, okay, yeah, I'll just get in my car and casually go because I, I'm horny and this man's hot. Like, who the fuck does that besides crazy ass bitches?
1: Exactly. Like, I, like I've like i done it multiple times. And I'm like, for what?
0: <laughs> I love it. Okay, so now that we have a little bit under our belt about what hookups are, because sometimes we get that confused and we have a good definition amongst us, let's talk a little bit about how it's affecting our culture, right? So when I talk about culture, I'm not talking about Cardi B's kid, even though we love her. I'm talking about like our society. Where did hookup culture come from? What the heck is hookup culture? Right? So let's talk a little about dating apps. I could do a whole podcast on this. I honestly plan on doing it, but basically dating apps have really fueled what we know as hookup culture. Why do dating apps cause hookup culture? Well, it's the instant gratification. Like I can download the Domino's app and get a pizza delivered to my door. And then I can open fucking Tinder or Grinder and get a man delivered to my door. And I used to do that. I used to 100% do that because it's that easy with a dating app. You can literally just open it, swipe right or left, get a match, flirt with them. I suggest maybe adding them on Snapchat or something, make sure they're a real human, and then just have them come over. And then you can fuck. So dating apps have definitely started this instant gratification, easy access to getting sex, that kind of thing. So what this has caused in our culture is a shift though, right? We went from a culture where it was like, you find your partner when you're 16, 17, 18, you get married and you have five kids and like, you're with them forever, even if they make you miserable, right? To now, the world is endless. We can do whatever we want. It's more acceptable to talk about sexuality. It's more acceptable to have non-traditional relationships. So now people are not as monogamous. So for the listeners who maybe don't know what monogamy is, monogamy means you're only dating one partner. So mono, monogamy that kind of thing it's one person you're committed to them we're no longer really focused on that anymore and not only has that changed but we have less of this focus on a serious relationships there's a lot of trauma in our generation <laughs> most of our parents are divorced or they're single parents because they're the generation that kind of stuck in the middle of this where like they might have stayed with someone when they were younger because they felt the pressure to have to stay with that partner and then when they turn 35, 40, they realize I'm miserable and I hate my partner, so I'm going to leave them. And even if they didn't leave, a lot of us have parents who hate each other. <laughs> and it's just super uncomfortable and like they're not a good match and we can feel it. And like family things are just a disaster. And it's so it scared us all, right? And now we're afraid to end up in shitty relationships and we have technology that's helping us meet people faster and have this instant gratification, it is one recipe for a nightmare disaster, which is what hookup culture has become. When I say that hookup culture is a disaster, I'm not shaming anyone who's into hookups. I have been into hookups, I had a hookup phase too, but it is a little messy because we're not talking about it, we're not understanding it, we're not getting it figured out. There are so many options now and we all have this, well, I'm young and I wanna have fun mentality. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like, when I was young, which I'm still young. I mean, I'm only 23. But when I was, like, young, young, like, 18, 19, I just remember being like, I'm not ready to settle down. I'm too hot. Which, like, I'm still really hot. Um, But, like, I, I am ready to settle down a little. Um, <laughs> But, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, we all have these weird mentalities now where it's like, why would I just settle with one partner? And that's what hookup culture has become for us. So that feeling of, like, There's more out there. The grass is greener somewhere else. That is hookup culture.
1: Yeah, I think that's such a great way to summarize it. And to me, like hookup culture is great because when you're too busy with life to have like an actual relationship, you can just like hook up with people and get that fulfillment through that. And I think that's beautiful.
0: I think that's beautiful too. And I love that you just added that comment about how Life can get busy and things can be crazy. And sometimes hookups can be really helpful in that sense. So let's talk about the pros and cons of hooking up, right? Let's start with the pros. Let's be positive here. Positive polys, as they say. Why is hooking up good? First off, it's easy. I think that that's something that's really clear when I was talking about the dating apps and all that jazz that like it's super easy to find hookups at this point. And also, it's pretty popular in our current culture. Most people are on the hookup wave. They're less serious about their dating life, and they're more into just, like, having fun, go with the flow, meeting new people. Secondly, it's fun. If you're like me, I'm kind of an adrenaline drunkie. I like things that are thrilling. And honestly, hooking up is thrill-seeking. This is someone that you don't really know, but you find super attractive and, like, I remember, like, driving in the car to go hook up with, like, a guy. And, like, it's exciting. Like, you get a little bit of that adrenaline pump. Like, I'm going to go get this really good dick. And we're all humans. We need to have sex. So, like, it's fun, but it's also necessary. Like, you have to get that done. Like, we are sexual beings. So it's important to have that. And hookup culture makes it easier it's convenient that's literally the ease i'm talking about is the fact that there's little to no commitment with these people like you don't have to like take them on a date you don't have to pay like you don't have to wine and dine all you have to do is like jump on your phone maybe send like two or three messages and it's that easy like you can get someone to come over and hook up with literally two messages and it's super super convenient And finally, the learning opportunities that you get from hooking up, right? You don't have to worry about messing up or being stuck down to doing the same thing like you would if you were in a relationship with somebody and you're having intimate time with them. You get to explore who you are, what you like, and what you don't like because every new partner is a new chance to try something
1: yeah absolutely and that's one of my favorite things about like hooking up with someone is that like you can literally just be doing your own thing doing literally nothing at all and text them snap them send them a suggestive snap and be like you up and then just go on and hook up and one of my favorite stories actually of has to do with this one guy that you actually brought to my attention (laughs) and I remember it like it was yesterday I think we were literally sitting inside a Chipotle and you were telling me about this guy that you had seen around campus and you were like Casey he is literally so hot like if he was gay I would just love to be with him and you showed me his Instagram and from that moment we were like yes, this man is everything. And then one night I was swiping through Tinder and we see this man (laughs) and I obviously swiped right. I mean, how could I not? And it was a match and we were immediately freaking out and i was like wait should i like message him and you were like oh my god absolutely you should so i sent him a message and he responded and he was like what are you doing tonight (laughs) and obviously like we were hanging out but i was like i'm down for anything and you were like casey i swear to god if you do not go over to this man's house like i will hate you for the rest of my life and so that's how I ended up going over to this guy's house because I was like, absolutely sane, Like, if I never do this, like, I will hate myself. And I should preface by saying that this man was absolutely gorgeous. Like, 6'3", absolutely ripped tattoos. Like, the hands that were sculpted by God himself. <laughs> He was absolutely gorgeous. Oh, my God. Like, big dick energy through and through. So here I was, probably, like, 10 o'clock at night, driving to this man's house. And I get there. I had never met him before. Never met him. I I just casually stalked him through social media. He had no clue. (laughs) And so I got to his house. And he was literally sneaking me in because he lived with his parents, which, you know, totally okay. We were in college and um, I got there and he was like in the middle of doing a math quiz. (laughs) And so he finished his quiz and then it just like started from there. He was like absolute big dick energy, like cannot believe the experience I had. It was just like out of a movie like this man was gorgeous he set the bar for every man afterwards and the sexual chemistry absolutely unmatched like i could not believe and when i say like his dick itself was just like next level like big dick energy it it played out it played out let me just say (laughs) so you know it was a great time and it really taught me a lot like this man this man spit in my face and i was like yes this is absolutely what i need in my life and i didn't know that before i had never experienced that before but like (laughs) that night like it really it really just brought a lot of things to light for me and like this is what makes hookups so great you get to learn about yourself and what you like and what you don't and because it's with a stranger or someone you don't have a connection with you can easily drop them if you aren't into it and i know a lot of lgbtq plus people like hooking up to find themselves and their identities And Cody has told me a lot about that in his own journey and I know a lot of straight people like me like hooking up because it gives you the chance to really like experiment with new sexual things.
0: Literally, I still cannot believe that that happened. Like it was so crazy how fast it happened. Like I saw this man over winter break. I was working for the university And I literally showed him to you that, like, same week you matched with him. And then I was like, if you don't fuck him for us, I'm going to be so mad. Like, you got that dick not just for yourself, but you got it for me. And I'm so proud of you. And I'm still jealous. But I know what you mean about that big dick energy. I literally think about this one guy that I used to hook up with. He was back when I was in high school I am telling you, when you meet someone who the sexual chemistry just hits, it just hits. And like you were saying about, like, he was the first guy to spit in your face. Like, this man literally spit in my mouth, pulled my hair, and bruised my ass. And I was like, thank you so much for disrespecting me. This is what I want for the rest of my life now. Like, I didn't know that I was going to be into that. But that's how I learned was from hooking up with this guy. And he was one of those that I hooked up with a couple times. So, like, he was still hooked up, though. We weren't really friends. We didn't hang out or whatever. I didn't know him like that. He didn't know me like that. But it's so great that you can learn about yourself. And like you said about when you get to learn who you are as a person, for people who are LGBTQ+, and you're trying to figure out who you are, what position you like, I always, always, always say, you should experiment to figure that out. Like, for me... I am a bottom I started off as a bottom but I tried topping and I knew it wasn't for me which I've talked about before in my other stuff so I'm not gonna go back into that spiel listen to my other episodes if you want to hear about that or DM me if you have questions about that journey but yeah it's so important so those are all really good pros about hookup culture so what are the cons then if those are the pros right so here they really are first off hookups can be riskier you really don't know this person right That means that you have a better chance of contracting an STI. We don't know what they're doing, what their life is like. We don't know who their partners are. And that can put you at higher risk of contracting a, you know, STI. You can obviously practice safely. I'm not saying don't hook up with people. That's why we have condoms. That's why we get tested, those kind of things. But, you know, if you're going to be hooking up with different people, the more partners you have, the more chance you are of running into an STI. And that's just plain and simple. And there's nothing wrong with that. STIs are not that big of a deal. Get checked regularly. A lot can be treated with medication. It's not, you know, the 60s and 70s. We don't need to preach abstinence anymore. We're sexual creatures, let's be sexual creatures, but it is a risk. Another part of that risk is that because you don't know that person, you might meet someone who's just plain out weird or you just don't agree with or ends up being super awkward or makes you feel uncomfortable. And that does happen you might have good chemistry through an app, or you might think that someone looks a certain way through an app and then you meet them and like they use pictures from like two years ago. And you're like, you don't look like you did two years ago. And that's not a bad thing. Sometimes people are hotter than their pictures. Sometimes people are worse off than their pictures, but that can happen. Or they were like super dominant when you were messaging. And you're like, oh yeah, I'm into dominant people. Or they were super submissive. You're like, oh yeah, I'm into submissive people or whatever they're whatever they're portraying their self online. And then you meet them in person and they're the exact opposite. And you're like, who is this clown? Like, I don't know who you are. This is now very awkward for me. I don't know how to handle this. Another thing can be the emotional issues that come with hookups, right? It can make you feel a certain type of way. So a lot of people who end up having hookups can relate to this feeling of you don't feel good at the end. When you're having a hookup with someone, it kind of feels like empty intimacy. What that means is like intimacy is normally shared between people who have a connection. So if you're meeting a stranger who you don't really know, they don't really know you, it might be uncomfortable if you end up being intimate with them, sharing that like really intense moment and then at the end realizing like, okay, like I don't even know your like name. I don't even know, like, what you do. (laughs) I don't know who you voted for in the last election. Like, I don't know anything about you. And here I am, naked in your bed, with, like, fluids on me. Like, it can be a really weird feeling for some people. It also can make you feel, like, hard to love. I remember when I was coming towards the end of my time with hookups. The feeling I would have at the end was, like, okay, like... People like me for my body, but why don't they want to be with me? Like, why can't I get someone to stay around? And that can be really damaging to your self-identity and your self-worth. And then finally, another con of hookups is the regret. I'm not old, but I am older. I'm 23, 1997 baby. And I'm not the happiest with some of the decisions I made when I was younger. And it's not full regret like i don't wish i could go back and fully change it because like i said with some of the pros like i learned a lot about myself i figured out a lot of things about my identity and who i am as a person and what i like but i do regret some of the stuff like i i don't think i would drive five and a half hours again to get dick i don't know if um I'm proud of some of the people I hooked up with now looking back. I think my standards were a little lower than they should have been. So I have some of those regrets now. And I think that a lot of people who end up having a hookup phase can agree with that. And then some of you won't and that's okay because you don't have to and that's what's so great about this world is we're all allowed to have our own opinions and like that's what's so fantastic. But I think those are a lot of those main cons of hooking up. You have that riskiness, that emotional issues and the regret that comes with it.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree and I have experienced a lot of those issues and like one of the ones that is kind of tricky for me is that especially when you're hooking up with somebody kind of on the regular it can be hard to like not catch feelings and like sometimes you just start like developing emotions for these people and like that's normal that's okay but like you also have to kind of like separate it from the fact that like it's not gonna go anywhere and then also like with the whole like meeting weirdos thing like sometimes Sometimes people can like you can really vibe with them over dating apps, and then when you're with them in person, they can be like completely like not on your level. I remember this one time, like I was talking to this dude, and like we had met we had gone out to the bars once, and it was cool it was it was great, and then we were supposed to hang out again and he like completely ghosted me and i was like okay you know whatever you're lost but then 2 weeks later he hit me up and was like what to the fuck and i was like it was aries season i am an aries so i was bored at the time and i was like you know what why not you know why not see what it's like and it was not great i can tell you that like it was probably the worst hookup that I had ever experienced. Like, the energy was super weird, and, like, he totally dismissed the fact that he had ghosted me. Like, I brought it up, and he was like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, are you serious? And, And then, like, he was just not good at making out like you know when you kiss people and they're just like not on your level he was just it was weird it was it was a super weird experience and the kicker was when he left he like took one of my books off of my bookshelf and he took it with him and then he basically like invited himself over to my apartment for the following week and i'm like okay like first of all who says you're even gonna like come over next week second of all am i gonna get my book back (laughs) so um not all hookups can be um a great experience for you
0: so did you ever get your book
1: back I never got my book back I basically ended up telling him because he he like hit me up he didn't talk to me for like the whole week and then he hit me up like the following like week and like wanted to come over and I'm like you know what like I'm not feeling it like I'm sorry no and he said he was gonna drop my book off like at my door basically and he never did and it was Shutter Island <laughs> I had never read it, but I had seen the movie, so it really wasn't, like, that big of a loss to me. And I'm like, you know what? <laughs> it's fine.
0: I love that so much. I think that it's, it's crazy some of the situations I've even been in with bad hookups where it's just, like you said, they're just not on your level, and then it just feels so weird. And it's not anything wrong against, like, being less experienced in somebody or having different preferences. It's just... I don't know. You have to live it. It's this weird tension where like they want to do exactly what you're doing, but they don't know how. And you're over here like eager to do it. And it just isn't working. And it's just this weird, tense feeling. And it takes all the pleasure out of that intimate time. So I 100% agree with that. And I think that it's it's hard to do hookups Because of a lot of things, the emotionalness, it can be weird, it can be risky and all of that. So it is time now for our listener questions. If you're new to the podcast or you don't know, you can find me on TikTok or you can find me on Instagram and you can submit your questions. My TikTok is at O-H-H-K-O-D-Y and that is also my Instagram handle. You can DM me, you can leave it in the TikTok comments. I will find them and I always pull my listener questions. I also take stories and I've gotten a couple. So look forward to those in the next episodes. This one was a little longer once again with our guests. So I won't have time to share a story, but we do have time for two questions this week. So let's get into it. Question number one, how do I talk to my partner about preferences? So when I'm saying preference here, the question is about like, you know, kinks, desires, fantasies, stuff that gets you going. People have a hard time talking to their partners about this stuff because it can feel a little uncomfortable, right? Like, not everyone's like me where I'm ready to tell literally anybody like, pull my hair, degrade me, call me like a whore, literally spit in my face, like, not everyone does that. I know. Crazy. I do it naturally now because I'm confident in my sexuality and what I enjoy. And that took a lot of time. So let me give you some tips on how you can do that. Tip number one about talking to your partner about preferences is self discovery. It starts with you. You need to figure out what you like. That can be by doing hookups or you can do it on your own. You don't have to hook up to figure out your preferences. We have the internet and you can find a lot of great resources out there that can help you. You can go to the right side of Twitter and you can find all the content you want. If you're a little older, you might have used Tumblr like that back in the day. I used Tumblr, but then Tumblr died in the middle of me using Tumblr for that and that's when I jumped over to Twitter. So find those resources on the internet, use those to help you figure it out. You can watch videos, you can Look at all these different things that people do for intimate time and pleasure. And then you can figure out what works well for you. So start with yourself. Number one, Two, pick the right setting to have the conversation with your partner. I don't think it's helpful to start talking about your preferences in the middle of an intimate time, right? So you don't want to be like literally in the middle of doing your do with your partner and be like, Hey, well, we're doing this. Let's try A, B, and C. It could be uncomfortable. I like to talk to my partner about this stuff before intimacy around the foreplay area because it can turn your partner on and it will get you turned on too because you're talking about the things that really get you going at that point, right? So I always suggest picking a time like say you're going to watch movies and cuddle. Most times you're going to do like a Netflix and chill night. It ends up with intimate time, right? doesn't have to, but sometimes it does that's a great time to maybe have that conversation. Like, right before the movie starts, you can be like, hey, like, I kinda wanna talk to you about something. I was thinking about this, this, and this. Like, what are your thoughts about that? It really helps make sure the setting makes sense for having that intimate time. So the third tip that I have, besides knowing yourself well enough and picking the right time to talk to your partner is not making it weird. We have to start normalizing talking about pleasure and sex and intimacy. So many people are like, I'm embarrassed to tell my partner that I like being choked or that I want my hair pulled or that I want them to be harder or rough. That's not weird. You like what you like and you should share that with your intimate partner. Same thing if it's the vice versa. I think we all always talk about like, ooh, dirty, filthy sex, like pull my hair, slap me. If it's the opposite, like you like soft and passionate and you like, you know, nice long strokes and you like your hair caressed. That's still important, too. You should tell your partner that. Like, it's okay. What you really need to do is follow those three steps. Know yourself and know what you want. Because if you know yourself and you know what you want, you can confidently say, this is what gives me pleasure. This is what I need from a partner. Two, you pick a time and space that feels comfortable for you to talk in. Let it be when you're going to watch a movie, one-on-one. It can even be over a phone conversation. You could call and talk if you're more comfortable like that. Or you can text it out. Whatever feels good. Then you have a space where you feel confident as well and being able to bring up something that might feel a little awkward. And then three, just normalizing it. We need to just make it normal to talk about what makes us feel good.
1: Yeah, I absolutely agree. And what I find kind of easiest to do is just kind of like doing it through text. Like I feel like when I'm able to kind of like formulate what I want to say and like get it out all at once... I'm able to kind of like paint the picture of like what I like and that's kind of like a form of like foreplay too I feel like before like you're actually like in the moment doing it you can kind of put it all out there for them to like get an idea of what you actually want to do
0: I 100% agree and I think it's so important to talk beforehand like Casey just said because You don't want to try something really drastically new without getting consent, right? So if you want to try being rougher, you don't want to just all of a sudden pull that out of the hat with somebody with no warning because it can be frightening and jarring for that person if they were like, I was not expecting you to pull my hair. So I like to always hint with my partners, especially if like it's a newer relationship or it is a first time hookup, like, hey, I like it rough. It's okay to be rough with me. Or hey, I want it this way, so having that pre-notion conversation does really help. So I hope that answers that questions. I hope you learned something new, and if you follow those tips, I think you're gonna be a okay for it. So question number two, I've been getting a lot of questions about kissing, specifically about using your tongue when kissing, right? Like French kissing, so like getting that like you know tongue on tongue action. So let's talk about some of the tips and tricks to tongue when kissing. The first thing i would say about it is that tongue isn't for everyone and that's okay if you don't like tongue or you don't like doing that that's fine just set that boundary with your partner and you'll be good to go if you're willing to compromise that's great you may not love tongue but you're okay with doing it fine awesome let's talk about now how to do tongue well when you're kissing so if you go to my tiktok i actually had a video go viral of me talking about using tongue when kissing and I have the visual representation of my fingers to try to help you out. So I'm gonna do my best to explain it on this podcast. It can get a little messy on here because now you don't get any visuals. I just have to walk you through it with my voice. So you both have your lips, right? When we kiss, we start slow. You're gonna start with like a couple like soft pecks on like the top of their lip or the lower lip, right? So you're both pecking each other's lips. And then it gets a little more aggressive and your lips are literally crashing kind of into each other where you're getting more of their lip. It's almost like biting with your lips. So you know how your teeth bite onto things? Your lips can do the same thing, right? So as you're doing that, your mouth can start to open. Like you're getting more rough with that kiss. Like you're literally using your lips to almost bite their lips, and you're getting more of your mouth open as your lips are hitting. In that moment, you can start to like... Put your tongue into their mouth because you're both going a little harder in that moment so i like to kind of tease that i'm getting ready to do some stuff with my tongue by like either like almost licking their lip in a non-weird way like don't be like a dog who like laps lick like it's like a little like your tongue kind of pecks their lip to let them know like hey like i i'm trying to do some stuff with my tongue and your partner can kind of catch on with it and if someone's doing that to you that's what they're trying to say is like hey like Let's, let's kind of French kiss now. Like, let's get our tongues into this. And so then once that initial tongue hits that lip, it's kind of like, okay, let's open the gates, which is like making sure that your kisses are a little more mouth open. And that allows your tongues to come out. So if you're the more dominant person in the situation kissing, so you're the one who's initiating the kiss, you would be the first person to like, kind of like trick with the tongue on the lip to be like, hey, like, I kind of want to like, you know, put my tongue in your mouth. I want you to put your tongue in my mouth kind of moment. If you're more submissive, you're kind of waiting for that. So whoever makes the first move, that happens. And then if you're the dominant one, I suggest that you kind of take that control there. As soon as they, like, kind of open their mouth to let your tongue go in, put your tongue in. Don't shove your tongue down their throat, though. Like, hear me out. Nothing's grosser than when someone literally, like, puts their whole ass tongue in your mouth unexpectedly. You want to first, like, kind of almost lick around the inners of their lips, I know that sounds so weird. It sounds so weird, but I promise you that's what's literally happening when you're literally doing a French kiss. So start slow and kind of lick the lip area and feel for their tongue. And if you're the person on the receiving end, like someone's starting to lick into your lips as you're starting to French, stick your tongue out there too because it feels a little weird if they're just licking your lips. You're going to want your tongues to touch. And then once your tongues do that initial touch Literally just start pretending like you're wrestling each other with your tongues. Like, you just want to keep, like, flicking your tongue with each other and kissing at the same time. It sounds like a lot, but I'm telling you it's more intuitive than it sounds. If you want to practice this, this is going to sound really crazy, but you can try this. Take your hand and make a fist. Where your index finger and thumb is, there's literally, like, kind of a hole... And then there's the top where your, like, index finger is, and the bottom is, like, where your thumb is. And you can, like, practice kissing slash tonguing there. I know, it sounds a little weird, but I promise you it kind of simulates the same feeling, and you can figure out, like, how you would do it. I hope that helps. I hope that that makes sense. At the end of the day, like I said, tongue is not for everyone, and that's Okay. But yeah, that's how I really feel like tongue works when you're kissing.
1: Honestly, I think that makes a lot of sense. And I feel like when I was younger, I used to do that hand thing. (laughs) Like before I had made out with like any boy, I was like, what is it like? I don't know. And I would practice like with the hand thing. But honestly, and as much as it's hard to explain, it really is kind of intuitive, like you kind of just go with the flow like once you're in the moment and your tongue just kind of flows with their tongue and you you really just – you feel it out and it's, it's really not that scary, you know?
0: Definitely. So I hope that helps with your kissing. Like I said, I did a video on TikTok about using your tongue. Go watch it if you haven't yet. It might help you out more than just our voices. But yeah, normalize trying to learn how to tongue, especially if you and your partner are both younger and you're trying to figure it out. That's part of figuring it out. It's gonna feel weird, but you're gonna get through it, I promise you. All right, y'all, like I said, and I say every episode, I do really hate baking, but I am going to, once again, shamelessly plug myself. I really, really need your help as a small creator. Your guys' reviews, likes, comments, downloads, it means the world to me. It's what's keeping my content going, and I can't do it without you. So if you can please subscribe, Follow, like, share it with your friends, share it with your neighbors, put it on your socials, tag me. I love seeing that stuff. Give it the five-star rating. Write a review if you haven't, especially on Apple Podcast. That's what most of the charts are based off of. We are climbing the charts. Like I said, we were 35 in the US, which is crazy. I have a bunch of you international listeners and I love you all so much. So thank you. Your support literally helps so much. So with that being said, that is the end of our episode. I just want to thank Casey for coming onto the show. We are literally sitting on FaceTime right now, both recording in our places. I'm in New York. She's in Ohio. It is Valentine's Day. Like, she literally made the time out of her week to come and be on the show and discuss. So thank you so much, Casey.
1: Thank you so much for inviting me on this has been super fun and honestly if you would have told my like 17 year old self that I would be a guest on a sex podcast in 10 years I would have probably looked at you like you were crazy but here we are and that is on growth and you know if you ever need a girl's perspective I got you I've got plenty of stories to share. And if you want to follow me on social media, you can find me on Instagram. It is K underscore heater, H-E-A-T-E-R. And my TikTok, even though I don't have many, is Aries Tornado. That is Aries underscore tornado. And the last O is a zero.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much again, Casey. I hope you learned something new. I hope that you understand hookups, hookup culture. And I can't wait to talk to you bitches next week. Stay safe and go get dick. I love you guys.